and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. <laughs> Man, am I glad to finally be home. Hmm, Woody, you're a bit late. What was your delay this time? I told you, buses don't accept ninnies. Even ghost buses. Funny, ha-ha. No, you know I got a car last week, right? So that's what that horrible groaning was. You starting your automobile. Did you happen to purchase it? From one of those ghosts on the bus? No, I got it at Sam's Auto World and Dry Cleaners. A real bargain. It only cost me $900. Did that include the noisy engine? Or did you purchase it separately? Well, it does need some work. Work. Right. Anyhow, I was coming home and I was checking the directions on this map I found in the glove box and... Wait... You needed a map? Well, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, but but I found it and I thought, hey, this would be an interesting ride. You would think a map would assist you in your travel home, right? Well, I did get lost, and wouldn't you know it, on the way home, I got a flat tire. How dreadful. <laughs> yeah, and I looked in the trunk and, and the spare was flat too. Simply awful. Thanks. And so I went up to this old house and to borrow the phone and... And your cell phone wasn't working, I presume? No, it works just fine. Anyhow, I knock. No one there. I knock again. Nothing. Dare I ask? What exactly did you do then? Well, I walked around the corner back here to the mansion. Woody, your sense of ineptitude... Never ceases to amaze me. Ah, thank you. Mm. But that does remind me of tonight's story. We hear a fantastic tale of a young man whose car breaks down on a rural highway in 1970. He finds a house and, well, I won't spoil it, in Step Into My Parlor by Door Number 7. Enjoy! Step Into My Parlor by Door Number 7 It's not always you get to write your own obituary but sometimes famous people and the like uh, write their own, just in case of an untimely death. And I'm not good at this sort of journalism, but here goes. September 14, 1989, Cameron, North Carolina. The remains of Andrew James Fleiss of Charlotte, North Carolina, were found in an abandoned house 20 miles west of Cameron. Fleiss was presumed lost in 1970 when he did not show up for work at the Fayetteville Gazette. His whereabouts were unknown until a house was found by local hunters, 
whereby they came across his remains. Fleiss leaves behind his parents, who now live in Albemarle, North Carolina. The remains will be interred at Fairview Cemetery in Albemarle on Sunday, September 17th at 2 p.m. And with that, I'm done. Maybe I can get some rest now. Late May 1970 was a brutally hot month. Temperatures in the upper 90s for weeks with little rain. I hate the heat, but my future was east in Fayetteville. I had to endure the trip. Driving from Charlotte to Fayetteville on those backcountry roads with only a state map gotten at the last gas station was tricky at best. These maps are so inaccurate. I think I'm on Highway 2427. I don't know. Well, at least there's radio out here. Well, well, well. Lovely. Just lovely. I blew a tire. I get out and look. Yep, my rear tire is blown. A baseball-sized hole in the side. Well, Andy, let's get the jack and spare. I open the trunk and move my stuff aside. Okay, there's the jack and the spare. Wouldn't you know it, flat too. Oh, well, I guess I'm on foot now. There's got to be a service station somewhere down this road. I grabbed my canteen, locked the car, and headed east down Highway 2427. I think I'm near Cameron or Bisco or maybe some other small town. My map is not reliable, so I have no idea where I am. If you haven't experienced summer in central North Carolina, you haven't experienced oppressive heat. Hot and humid and the heat coming off the highway makes life so much better. I think it was about a mile down the road when I came across the sign. Bobby's Garage, with a huge red arrow pointing down a long dirt road. I can't see the other end as it bends to the right. Hmm, I think to myself, maybe they got a phone or something. Walking down that road was treacherous as the sand gave way with every step, making the walk that much harder. Soon I made my way to, well, I guess that was it, an old two-story house, quite decrepit and unkept with what looks like Bobby's garage in the back corner. Dilapidated cars everywhere, almost like a salvage yard. Well, it can't be all that bad, I thought as I approached the front door. I opened an old screen door and gently knocked on the large wooden front door. Nothing. I knock again. Still nothing. Hmm, I guess there's no one home. I'll check around back. The garage seemed abandoned. I mean, the latest car out there was a 1962 Chevy 2 that was up on blocks. Dust, dirt, rust, corrosion everywhere. There were tires there, but as my luck had it, none would fit my 1970 Malibu. Rats, I exclaimed. You'd think they'd have tires here or something. Disappointed, I made my way out and searched for water. My canteen was only half full when I left the car, and 
I had apparently been thirsty. Well, there was a well, or so it seemed, boarded up and a pump handle was broken. No water there. I made my way back to the front porch, knocked on the door again. This time, the door opened up. Hesitantly, I made my way in, looking about the dimly lit interior. The only light coming in was from old broken windows. Hello? Hello? I called out. Nothing. To the right was a large room with cloth-covered chairs, most of them yellow and torn. Age didn't treat them well. To the left, another room, darker and with more cloth-covered furniture. In the far back was the kitchen. I made my way there only to find what looks to be like plates on the table, dishes in the dry sink, and food that had long since rotted in place. On the table, the place setting looked like there was a meal that had not finished yet. I went to the sink, opened the tap. Nothing. No water. What the hell am I going to do? Well, this is a bust. I guess I'm going back to the highway. I headed back out to the door. Before I reached the bottom step of the porch, I heard the old screen door open. I swung around in surprise, only to find a woman standing there. She, she was beautiful. Nothing like I'd ever seen. Can I help you? She asked. Mm, uh, yeah, I I'm Andy Fleiss. My car has a flat a few miles down the road. Do you happen to have a phone that I could... No, I don't have a phone, she answered sharply. Oh, well, then I guess I'll be going. Um, thank you, though. Is there anything else I can do for you? She asked. Um, um, wouldn't happen to have some water, would you? The kitchen sink didn't seem to come on, and sure, I can get you some. Again, she answered quickly. Thanks. I handed her my canteen. She turns and walks to the door, stops, glances back in with a smirk, and says, Have a seat out here on the porch. I won't be but a moment. The short time she's away, I can't take my mind off this woman. She's gorgeous. Tall, slender, raven black hair, and deep dark eyes. Red lipstick and fingernails, black patent high heels. But the thing that caught me was her black, shiny, skin-tight bodysuit. Some sort of fabric or something, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it, but it fit her perfect frame as if it were painted on, accentuating every delicious curve. It reflected almost everything around it as if it were a mirror. Here, your canteen, she said as she came out. Oh, thanks. Well, I think I'll be leaving, so thank you again for the... Where are you headed? Uh, to see if I can get to a service station... I need to get the... No, I mean, where are you traveling to? Fay Fayetteville. I, I'm a new reporter there at the Fayetteville Gazette, and I was on my way there. The tire blew out, and now I'm here. I figure I can make the nearest station... You won't make it today. The nearest station is about 20 miles away from here. It'll be night soon, and you can't stay outside. Too many dangerous creatures roam at night here. Oh, well, then I'll, I'll head back to the car. It's only a few miles away. No, that won't do either. You can stay here tonight. Uh, uh, but why, I, I, I couldn't do that. Uh, that would be an imposition and no trouble at all. I have an extra room and we don't have too many visitors come around. She spoke to me in an intoxicating voice, almost hypnotizing. I mean, under other circumstances, I would politely refuse the offer. But I mean, she was stunning. I couldn't help myself. I mean, if it's not an imposition at all, no imposition whatsoever. Please, come inside. We made our way back in, and she motioned for me to enter the room on the right. Please, step into my parlor.
You, you must be tired. I entered. I'll remove the cover from one of the chairs here, she said. The leather chair was tan and old, but when I sat in it, it was warm and comfortable, almost conforming to my body. The room was much cooler than the rest of the house, even though there was no indication of any electricity or air conditioning. Are you hungry? She called from down the hall. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose. I, I really don't mean to be such a bother. What would you like? Anything, really. I'm not picky. Soon she came back with a tray. On it, a plate with a large chunk of meat, very well cooked and savory. Smelled wonderful. Oh, wow. Ah, well, you shouldn't have gone through this much trouble. Mmm, it tastes wonderful. What is it? Deer. Deer as in venison? Yes, as in that. It's wonderful. Jeepers, thank you. Uh, you can always tell venison. It's a little tougher than beef, it being wild and all. She lifted up her head and gave me another gentle smirk. Later that evening, we ventured onto the front porch where the early evening sun was slowly setting. She brought out some candles, lit them, and we watched the fireflies dance in the air. Oh, I'm sorry. I never caught your name. You are Aranya. My name is Aranya. Hmm, that's unusual. Family name? You might say so. Sorry. <laughs> I'm an investigative reporter and I have a tendency for questions. I, I don't mean to be too intrusive. Not at all. So, what do you do here? I mean, it looks like Bobby's garage is long since closed and there's no one around for miles. I just can't imagine someone like you being alone in a place like this. Alone is not an issue for me. I rather prefer it. This house is mine, now that Bobby is no longer with me. Did he leave you? No. He's dead. A tragic circumstance took his life. Oh, dear, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's nothing. Bobby was a horrible person. He was controlling, demanding, pushed me around, beat me, made me do things I didn't want to do. Like what? Terrible, terrible things. Physical, mental, sexual. He threatened to kill me. That's when I, I, hey, that, that's okay. Sorry to bring up bad memories. I didn't realize. It's okay. It's okay now. Things have changed. My life is different. The evening went on. It got late and Aranya advised that we might want to go inside as the creatures of the night will soon show up. I chuckled and agreed. We went upstairs and we entered a room. This is where you'll be tonight. I hope it's okay, she asked. Uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Anything other than the cold car seats I would have been in. Thank you. She looked at me with those gorgeous dark eyes for what seemed like an eternity. Her gaze was entrancing, and I felt my body almost leave me. We kissed. A long, deep kiss. One that I could surrender to without a second thought. The next thing I remember, I was naked, spread eagle on the bed. Aranya at the foot of it, still clad in that shiny black bodysuit, the flickering candlelight dancing as it reflected off its shiny black surface. This time, there was something different and very off. I felt lightheaded and my sight was blurry. Was it the kiss? Was there something in the kiss that made me feel this way? I tried to move, but somehow I was restrained. When I looked to see what was holding me back, I realized it was some sort of string or rope or fabric. Hard to tell as my vision was disturbed. 
You see, Bobby was a bastard, as are all men. He would make me dress in this outlandish costume, bind my arms behind me and put a gag in my mouth and then parade me in front of his redneck friends, each of them taking turns fondling me and, well, having their way with me or making me do unspeakable things to them. I got tired of it. I didn't have any way out. Bobby had photos of me all dolled up, as he called it, and threatened to either kill me or expose me as some sex-crazed whore. I couldn't take it anymore. So I went to an old lady who was supposed to be some form of gypsy or voodoo queen or something, and I begged her for anything she could give me to kill Bobby and not be discovered. She obliged, but in a way I wasn't expecting. She gave me a potion that was supposed to allow me to kill Bobby the next time he tried to abuse me. It worked. It worked all too well, but in a way that changed me too. Forever. I looked back at Aranya and noticed on her torso a red hourglass shape had appeared. Her skin turned darker and shinier. From her sides sprang four legs, two on each side, thin, jointed tendrils with pointed ends. Her arms and legs also changed shape to match the newly formed appendages. Her head grew smaller, and from her forehead, six more black eyes appeared. Out of the lower portion of her back grew a large, bulbous abdomen. It, too, had that red hourglass. Aranya had turned into a black widow spider of immense proportions. Before she sank her fangs into my naked body, I was able to hear her groan out, Thank you for walking into my parlor. Step into my parlor by door number seven. Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and you want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it. And subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tales from the Dark Chamber and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. If you want your story read for your own use or you just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order there or you can find me on Upwork as Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight.